Hello, Erica. Hello, Stephen. Hey, we're back. Finally. <laughs> yeah, we missed uh, we missed August long weekend because uh, it's been very busy mm-hmm. for me mostly. Yeah, somebody's working the uh, some some. Never mind. Maybe I shouldn't say what you do. <laughs> yeah, I'm always wary about like saying what top secret <laughs> mission I'm I'm on. But suffice to say that uh, the hockey playoffs have been on, and I've been very busy. Mm-hmm. So make of that what you will. Connect those dots if you want. Yeah. Uh, so this is why we're wait. Uh, it's now. It's now September long weekend. We missed August long weekend because of that, and it seems to be that long weekends are our traditional um, lazy Doctor Who marathons. But this is this is not only September long weekend. Um, it's in the U.S. too, right? Yes, it's just Labor Day without the U. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because here in Canada, Labor Day is about you. Ah, I like it. I like it. Uh, but it's it's not just that. It's also incomparable membership month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, technically it was like the uh, the time frame that we were supposed to do that in was like late August. But you know us, yeah. we run on our own schedule, so we're we're doing it a little bit late. Mm-hmm. Uh, later on, we'll be talking about uh, uh, the Curse of Peladon episode two. But first, this important message. <laughs> yes, we have no tote bags. Uh, <laughs> sorry, um. I know. Uh, yeah, so we're doing it this this particular time of year because uh, the flagship show, The Incomparable, actually turned ten. It was its tenth anniversary uh, a couple weeks back. Ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, what does that feel like doing a podcast for ten years, Stephen? Uh, well, Radio Friscaro recently passed our fourteenth anniversary, so I don't remember a time when I wasn't podcasting. <laughs> if that makes it any simpler. Uh, yep. Um, but yeah, so this this is right now the time of year when we like to remind you guys about how you can support Lazy Doctor Who, and that is by becoming a member of the incomparable. Yay! Woo! Uh, so you can sign up for either monthly or annual pledges and you can support us directly. Which well, how, do, how do you do that? Uh, <laughs> oh, look at this. We're turning we're turning it into a two-person ad read. I love it. Uh, so you go to theincomparable.com slash members and you sign up. Then what do you do? Uh, then you will be asked to pick which shows on the network you want to support. So if you like Lazy Doctor Who and you are listening to it, uh, then you check the little ticky box right next to Lazy Doctor Who and your contribution will come to us after a few very reasonable fees are taken out. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you listen to other podcasts on the Incomparable Network, which you totally should, you can also check their boxes and your contribution gets shared equally around to all of the shows that you want to support, which is great. Uh, and as a thank you for supporting us, members receive lots of extras. Like what? Well, there is a really nice members-only Slack community, uh, which is great. Both Stephen and I hang out there quite a bit. There are exclusive bonus podcast feeds, including the Bootleg Podcast, where you can hear unedited episodes of many shows right after they're recorded. That does not... (laughs) Guess what? You're listening to the Bootleg of Lazy Doctor Who. Lazy Doctor Who is nothing but a bootleg 100% of the time. But there are other uh, podcasts on the network that are highly edited, and uh, and the bootleg is way different. So that's actually a pretty cool and fun thing to listen to. And there are also bonus episodes that are posted into a special feed for members. Uh, and probably there were a, quite a few things that dropped in there recently. What do we have coming up for that feed, Stephen? Well, uh, at long we promised this a while ago. Uh, back, I think before the pandemic struck, and thus thus moved the the membership month to, from like March to to now. Uh, we have a commentary, a non Doctor Who commentary for Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker coming into your feed sometime in the month of September. 
Yep. So basically when the two of us find time to sit down and do it, and we're really excited. So if you want a joy-filled commentary, that's going to be the one for you guys. Yeah, because we liked the movie. Why would we choose a movie to do that we didn't like and watch it for two hours? Plus. Plus. (laughs) Yep. So there are contribution levels at $5, $10, and $20 per month, and annual equivalents are available as well. Uh, We even take Apple Pay, apparently. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, If you're already a member, it is also very easy to increase your pledge to a higher level and then get some special goodies in return. So if you want to support us, please, please support us. Uh, Go to theincomparable.com slash members to sign up. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It says thanks right there. So I, I was mm-hmm. just reading the script. So good job, good job. Thank you. Yep. Uh, and now on to, on to today's special episode. It's not that special. It's episode two of the Curse of Peladon, which was the actual three hundred and fifty eighth episode of Doctor. I have no idea what number of uh, Doctor Who episode it was. <laughs> I thought I thought you just somehow knew that or looked it up. Um, let me think though. It was in the three hundreds because there were. I know that there were two hundred and fifty three episodes that aired in the nineteen sixties. That's mm-hmm. that's that's my only. Wow. Yeah, which, as I've pointed out before, I haven't pointed out, others pointed out, that we are already a quarter of the way through um, all of Doctor Who, even though we're only in season nine. Based on episode number, not runtime. Exactly. Yes, episode number. So, yes, Curse of Pella, uh, it's been two months since we last saw episode one of The Curse of Peladon, which we watched at the tail end of uh, Day of the Daleks on Canada Day, July 1st. But uh, I, I felt like we didn't... Um, need that much prompting to remember what was going on thankfully because you had seen it before and i have seen it many times yeah i mean i've seen this a few times before and i just really love this story so i had zero problems picking up where we left off a couple months ago because this this is probably the only pertwee story that is firmly like affixed in my mind that's quite something i wonder why this pertwee story is because perhaps it's not surrounded by the trappings of unit and all the other sort of like typical pertwee stuff this feels like very much just your standard kind of doctor who episode yeah it really is like baseline doctor who and it also like this story is kind of made for me when when you think about the things that i like in a fictional story Mm -hmm. uh it's got a lot of okay there's there's the the doctor travels somewhere in the tardis to a different place or and or time um both i guess in this case Mm -hmm. and then you know mystery happens we have a castle we have a princess Mm -hmm. who's we have a princess who's not actually a princess, so we've got like you know it's not like mistaken identity. We have a monster, right? Uh, we have some political intrigue, which is not always a thing that you get like a galactic political intrigue in a story with a castle and a princess. You're I al- mean, you're almost describing the androids of Tara here in a uh, little bit, yeah. Which is another story I really love. Yeah. Um, you have uh, kind of a, a locked room murder mystery. Mm-hmm. Even though, as we just discovered, uh, Arcturus was not not actually almost murdered. It was just actually almost put into a coma. Yeah, it's a discomfort mystery. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Midsummer a, discomforts. <laughs> it's a locked castle discomfort mystery yeah. is what it is. Um, yeah. Oh, and secret passageways in yeah, a castle yeah. and hiding behind tapestries. I mean, like... All, the only thing that we're missing right now, I think, is a heist. Like, there's no, there's no real heist right now. No, I don't think there will be. Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah, yeah I'm, I, I know that. So, like, when you take the, uh, all the things that I love 
uh, about fiction and then also throw in the Doctor Who stuff. So the Doctor actually taking the TARDIS to travel somewhere mm-hmm. and amazing costumes and set design. My goodness, they do a fantastic job with all of these alien races. I I mean, Arcturus is kind of like gross looking, but that's on purpose and it's super effective. And you have like the, the I think we talked about last time, the, the gooey stuff like spraying up under the inside of the dome. And then this time, like I was noticing the the tubes that go up from the base and kind of like into the top of the, the cubicle that's underneath him. And they're like filled with bubbling greenish yellow liquid. And mm-hmm. there's a lot going on. And just that thing. And we already, I think, talked about how much I love Alpha Centauri, like character wise, but costume wise, I don't care what people say. I think I think it looks great. Although I, I, I do think that Alpha Centauri probably is a colonial racist because <laughs> the way that it sort of like says, oh, this barbaric planet, I, I sort of equated it to like a, a member of the royal family visiting one of the African colonies during the uh, scramble for Africa and like mm-hmm. decrying the natives and such. And it's very much that sort of affectation. Yep. Yep. Da, uh, Alpha Centauri is as prissy as they come, yep. really, uh, when you think about it. Uh, just the, the, the manner in which it does that, though, delights me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's but but yes, uh, it is the one who's who's very blatant and uh, about how barbaric yeah the, the you know everybody's kind of like that but it's the one that is very forward about it just in front of the people that live on this planet yeah, i just wants to like leave oh the conference should be canceled that's it let's like it's just looking for the first opportunity to just take a jet back to alpha centauri mm-hmm. the name of it the planet that or yep. system that it comes from but yeah 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 so so those are like many of the reasons that I love this story and why it it just stays in my memory very well because I've seen it multiple times because I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I love is the relationship between the Doctor and Joe, which in some stories is, you know, it ain't great. Like in the Demons, it was, you know, not, not ideal. Mm-hmm. But here it is delightful. They have that, that scene in the... Um, the throne room. I was going to yeah. say conference room. Like that's not right. In the throne room, where they just do this delightful bit of nonverbal communication. Like mm-hmm. she looks at the doctor. The doctor looks back at her. Just like little tiny motions of the face and nod, nod of the head to communicate back and forth. Basically saying, "I, you know, they could have they could have done it with." them standing very close together and you know stage whispering basically yeah. so that we could hear it but they didn't do that so joe sneaks off and does some investigating which is the thing that she's good at and the doctor's totally cool with that and their conversation later in the room when she's learning about alpha centauri and all of the other races and stuff yeah. and it's just such a warm wonderful it's it's like units not there the brig's not there to get in the way Mm -hmm. because the brig and liz and the doctor were a great trio but as we've said before it just that that chemistry doesn't work the same with joe because she's such a different personality yeah she's like she is a member of unit but not really like a scientist Mm -hmm. per se she's just sort of you know, she got there because of her eccentric uncle, apparently. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's more subservient to the doctor than to the unit hierarchy, whereas I think Liz is more part of the actual unit mm-hmm. science team. Yeah. Yep. 
which is kind of weird because Liz is sort of seconded. She's not, she doesn't yeah. actually work for them, but she works with them. Whereas Joe is working for them. But, but Joe has really developed this deep friendship with the doctor in a way that is completely separate from the work of unit. Mm-hmm. I feel. Whereas Liz's friendship with the doctor was also wonderful, but it was very much wrapped up in the science and the work that they were trying to achieve. Whereas with the doctor and Joe, it's just a friendship. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. I was going to say Liz works for science. Basically, <laughs> she doesn't work for unit. She works for science. <laughs> yep. So I think it's nice to see the doctor and Joe pulled away from from that framework and pulled away from all of those trappings. And it's just the two of them. And I feel like it works the best when it is just the two of them. For me, anyway, at least mm. as a viewer, I, I like them as a duo and i feel like if there was a whole season that was just the doctor and joe traveling around the world um and maybe that's what this is i don't know i Mm. I don't know the season very well or not the world i mean the universe the galaxy time like that you know when you think about doctor who being the doctor and one companion traveling in the tardis that's what i feel like would have been ideal for the doc- this doctor and Joe. Yeah. Well, that's where this, I think I've said this before, this is where this starts, essentially. Yeah. that The traditional doctor and one companion yep. sort of, you know, pair mm-hmm. sort of finally happens in the ninth season, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yep. And people glom right onto that. They do. Yeah, this becomes the template sort of uh, for the for the rest of the decade for the most part and mm-hmm. until JNT uh, crowns companions back into the TARDIS again in the 1980s. Maybe in part it's because the Curse of Peladon works so well because the Doctor and Joe, like, they just sparkle. Maybe. I do think that, you know, RTD, when he brought the show back in 2005, I think it owes more to the Pertwee era than any other era in classic Who when they're trying to bring it back. You know, just that companion relationship. They're always sort of rotating around Earth a lot more. It just feels very Pertwee-esque, I find. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm seeing that now that I'm I'm watching the the Pertwee era more. Mm. Um, anything else? I I'm really enjoying this story. Um, I'm glad you are too. I know you've already watched it before, but uh, I I'm enjoying the direction from Lenny Main. Lots of nice close-ups in there. It's very you know, especially with a lot of creature makeup, it uh, asks a lot of your costume department to be able to uh, to have that kind of detail. Um, but I think it really works, and it's um yeah, it's a good story. I also like, uh, and I think we probably touched on this in our first episode, but it was two months ago, so I don't remember. Yep. Uh, the way that the doctor suspects the ice warriors because of his yes. history with them. And I really also, speaking of the doctor and Joe, like the way that she kind of stands up to him a little bit when they're just together and talking. And she's, you know, saying, I, I still think you're jumping to conclusions. Even after mm-hmm. he explains his reasons and says, I know the ice warriors. She says, eh, she just doesn't feel it. And she's the one that's in the right this time. And we also do have a nice example of Joe being told by the doctor, don't do this, mm-hmm. just nodding and smiling and then going off and doing it, which yeah. is a totally Joe thing to do. I also like, I mean, you know, because, uh, you know, we, we used to be a warrior race, but now we are preserved for peace. And then Joe points out, well, why yeah. does Sorg have a gun the size of a planet? And I like the line about, you know, in order to preserve peace i was expecting you know it's necessary to prepare for war or something but no he said it's necessary to survive and i thought that was a 
you know, mm-hmm. this is almost more of a case of survival for the Ice Warriors than it is for like trying to exercise power. And that that was a very revealing line for the Ice Warriors, I thought. Yeah, it's very almost poetic. Mm-hmm. Like we you you can't have peace for your race if your race isn't around to have peace. So it's it is very focused on self-defense and yeah. and not on war. And and I like that. And also just the the mystery and intrigue that's going on in this episode, specifically in episode two, I find really fun mm. because you have the the mystery with Arcturus, what has happened. You have Joe sneaking away to find something and then Joe getting caught. And then the people on that side thinking, oh, no, she's the one that yeah. did it. And, you know, we know that obviously that she and the doctor didn't do it, but nobody else does. So everybody's motivations at this point uh, are fairly clear in terms of the people who are directly involved in finding it. So like Ice Warriors, Joe, the doctor. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting. It is. Yes. I'm curious to see how this mystery <laughs> carries on through episodes three and four. Because I remember how the mystery is solved, but I can't remember why. <laughs> I can't remember the details of it. So I'm looking forward to watching this. Mm-hmm. This is also a story that has one of the rare examples of disability in Doctor Who. Mm. That doesn't come up very much, uh, honestly, in classic or modern Doctor Who, but you have Grun as a character who can't speak. Mm-hmm. And so far, at least, he's just, you know, I'm, I have slightly mixed feelings about the way they use disability in Doctor Who. For the most part, I have actually negative feelings about it because usually it's somebody who is blatantly evil. In this case, Grun doesn't seem to be super evil. He's just doing what he's told, Yeah, which still not great. No. But... Um, is not shown to be simple or foolish or truly evil in any way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is the early 1970s. You take what you can get when you come with representation like that. Yeah, I guess. At least there's something, I suppose. I don't know. I, I, I think I've said this before. I think um, um, uh, progressiveness in Doctor Who or in anything in the 1970s almost happens by accident. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It is does definitely doesn't feel purposeful in any way. But whatever, I suppose. Happy accidents are better than mm-hmm. the other thing. That's <laughs> gone away from me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sneaking around in uh, corridors mm-hmm. and. The doctor gets lost in the caves, and there's just like neat stuff happening. Oh, also, I do have to come back to the very, very end. We get our cliffhanger that <laughs> I laughed out loud when Peladon is saying the uh, this offense yeah. for this offense. There's no like you can't def- have a defense against mm-hmm. it. I was like, what? <laughs> so if somebody accuses you of this, you're dead. Yeah, like that's it. No trial or anything. Yeah. I'm like, wow, okay, maybe Alpha Centauri is a little bit right because that is super barbaric. That's a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm. Maybe we'll find out what happens to Doctor Who <laughs> character, as he's credited, in the next episode. I hope so. And how he'll get out of this. How will he get out of it? Or does he die and this is the end? Well, uh, we'll find out, I guess. No spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see if he dies in episode three of the Chris Bellinon. That'd be weird if the doctor died in episode three and there's still an episode four. Just like, what do we do? <laughs> just sort of like talk about it. And then, well, I guess we'll just carry on for the next 
41 years or however much it is <laughs> since this. Yeah. Anything else about this before we uh, sign off? No, no, I should stop talking because I like this story a lot. I could probably keep going on. But we have two more episodes to watch. Exactly. We're only halfway through the story. So we'll talk about the rest of the episodes on the next episode of Lazy Doctor Who. On the Incomparable Network. Goodbye. 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 <laughs>